Greetings, I am your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to the second season of my Weirdest Experience podcast. This is the show of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. And it's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I have Garrett King here today. He's a spirit photographer, ITC researcher, and repeating number expert. That's what I call him. I don't know if he calls himself that, but He's done a, re- a lot of research on repeating numbers, and you want to check out the first episode we recorded together, which was came out on February 22nd, 2022, episode number 50. So, But this episode, however, is coming out at a later date than that. But check that out if you're interested. And welcome back, Garrett. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, Great. so... We just touched on Garrick's experiences and we focused on the repeating number phenomenon, which a lot of people are very interested in. And I have gotten so many questions about that myself from people that I know, because I always post about repeating numbers on Facebook. So why don't we um, go into your weirdest experience paranormally? Really quickly before we do, talking about interest, I don't know if you can see my phone, how much the mail, can you see that? Are you able to oh, see? Oh, yeah. Can you uh-huh. see the number of mail emails that I have? 10,057. 10,057 emails <laughs> that I'm trying to get through. So the interest is huge. <laughs> yeah, is that the result of your other podcast interviews? That and, and from the YouTube channel, people just wow. writing. Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to have to write a book. I'm going to have to do something. And then you're going to have to be like, read my book. Yeah. And my or at least start to answer my emails. <laughs> oh, or at least start a blog, you know, and then you can point people. Yeah, I wrote about this in my blog. Come check it out. Yeah. But yeah, that. That's like a nightmare to me. I mean, if you looked at my my inbox, I probably have five emails I've saved because that's my to-do list. But to have that at many emails. I know. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I, I mean, I'm sure some of it's probably just junk mail filtered in between. But yeah, I mean, it's just I had to literally turn off notifications on my phone because it was just constantly ding, 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 like over and over and over. Like I was at the an old timey gas pump or something. <laughs> it's just constantly dinging at me. So you can say, Hey, I'll answer your question, but I have to charge you $5. <laughs> wow. Could you imagine? <laughs> I'd be quite wealthy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because how are you going to get through 10,000 emails? Oh uh, boy. I mean, I've started answering some of them, but you know, and then it's... you're going to start repeating yourself because they're going to be asking you the same questions. Yeah. That's why I say you need to put it out there on a website. 
Yeah. Be like, yeah. here's, you know, even you could be helpful and be like, here's the link to answer your question. Yeah. Even maybe on my YouTube channel, I could have a little Q and A or something. Yes. That would be perfect. Be like, don't email me. I'm having a Q and A session. <laughs> I have 10,000 emails. <laughs> <laughs> Google's going to cancel my account and say, Hey, get another one. <laughs> I thought you were going to show me a repeating number in your email. No. Box. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, Oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get through all of these emails? <laughs> and we're like repeating numbers nerds because I've been sending Garrick my receipts with repeating numbers and stuff like that. We're like, see, see, it happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and that entertainment center thing I was putting together, I was just like, oh my God, come on with these numbers. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> so tell us about your weirdest experience. Okay. Well, I mean, there's quite a few, but one of them that really sticks out in my mind was my we had moved from this this one house that we lived in where my brother and I both had a shared experience into my parents purchased this mobile home and I mean within just the first day I felt really really uncomfortable in this place and like at night when my mom would you know put us to bed because my brother and I we were still pretty young I mean we were God, five and he was maybe seven um maybe a little older but and, and is he sensitive like you um yes to a degree I would say that it's probably affected me more than than him uh but he is sensitive I mean he does you know detect things but when my mom would put us to bed we would sit, or I would sit there and just start just crying because something in that that bedroom scared me, but I couldn't vocalize to her what it was. And I wasn't seeing anything. I was just sensing something. And my mom, she would, you know, point to toys that we had um, asking me if, you know, if this was scaring me or if this was scaring me, my brother had this like two foot Godzilla, um, toy that you would push this little scale on its neck and his tongue would come out. <laughs> and, you know, my mom would point to that and say, you know, is, is this what's scaring you? And I'd say, no, no, no. I, I just, I couldn't tell her what it was, but she just got to a point where she would, you know, she would just get frustrated and say, you, you're just going to have to try to go to sleep. And I can literally just remember laying there on my back because our, we were, we were still young enough that we, we actually shared a bed and I can remember laying there on my back because there was like space on my side of the bed. And of course my brother was over here, but I could not like turn myself to where my back was facing that empty spot. I just knew that something was there, you know? And even though my brother was on the other side of me, I still, I just wanted like a clear vision of the entire room. And I, I remember just laying there with my eyes just wide open, just looking all over the room until, you know, eventually I would fall asleep and, you know, wake up the next day. But I mean, that rocked on for God, quite a while. And then at one point, my parents got my brother and I um, bunk beds and I was on the top bunk. And there, it was a Saturday morning. I think it was Saturday or Sunday. I'm pretty sure it was Saturday. Um, 
but we were asleep and all of a sudden the bedroom light comes on and being on the top bunk, that light was like right in my face. And I was like, mom, turn the light out. The light goes out a few seconds later, right back on. And that time my brother and I were both like, mom, turn the light out. Light goes out a few seconds later, comes right back on. And again, we're like, mom, turn the light out. And, you know, as we're saying this, I'm like crawling to the end of my, my bunk. And I look down and I can, it's just as clear as I'm seeing you right now on screen. There is a hand reached around from like the, the hallway around the corner. And it has the light switch between its fingers. And we're like, mom, turn the light off. And that hand just starts flipping that light switch up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, over and over and over and over again. And I mean, this hand literally looked like my mom's hand. So just this whole entire time, I'm just assuming it's her. I crawl over to the ladder. I crawl down or, you know, climb down to the floor. And as soon as my foot like hits the floor, the light stops going off and on. And I walk to the end of the bed and kind of step to the side there to where the doorway is. And I'm getting myself into this position where I'm just going to kind of jump out into the hallway and scare her because I just know that she's right there. So I jump out and nobody's there at all. And I can literally see like there's enough, you know, ambient light coming through, um, just kind of filtering through the house. I can see enough down the hallway that you know, she is in her bed all the way down at the very end of the hole because they had the back bedroom. And I turn to my brother and I say, nobody's here. And as soon as that realization <laughs> kicked in, I hauled butt back into the, the, the room, crawled into the bunk with my brother, and we just start screaming, mom, 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 <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> and like, and what's funny is, you know, she, they had a water bed at the time and like, we could, I can, I can still in my, you can hear her get out of bed. Yeah. I can hear the swooshing of her trying to rush <laughs> to get up out of bed and having a hell of a time trying to get out. And then of course, you know, she comes down the hallway and, you know, we just tell her every, you know, like what had happened and she swore up and down. It was not her. And I know for a fact, it couldn't have been because, well, first of all, the water bed, like it was so difficult for her to get out of the bed. I can only imagine, you know, like if she had been flipping this light on and then ran back down the hallway, jumped into bed, I think it still would have been moving. I would have seen the motion of it, you know, when I jumped out into the hall, but not only that, the hallway creaked and there was a, there was a, like a, an air conditioning grate in the floor that you had to walk on because it was, it was so big. And you, you, you had to step on it and it just made this kind of creaky sound when you did. And there was none of that at all. So. That's yeah. creepy. Yeah, it was very creepy. Did very it look creepy. solid? Like just a, a human hand? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely solid. Just like I'm looking at you. I mean, it was just, it was solid. Looked like I could just reach right out and touch it. So that reminds me of something that happened to me when I was little. So I, I, I believe I was at my aunt's house and because my mom's family is Filipino, you know, when Filipinos come over, we just sleep anywhere, you know, you, 
sleep on the floor, I sleep on the couch, nobody cares, right? It's not like they needed a bed, right? right. And so um, I was sleeping, I, I believe this is in Alexandria, Virginia, because they lived there in a house. And I was sleeping either in the bed with my aunt or I don't know, it might've been my other aunt, you know, I was like real little, you know, so I don't remember, but I remember waking up and looking at my aunt and seeing this dark mass of hair on, on the other side of her. And I kept staring at this hair and I was like, who is that? I couldn't figure out who it was beside her. And I was, it's almost like you're frozen. Like you don't want to move. You don't want to touch it. You're just have your eyes wide open. You're staring at this massive dark hair. And I just couldn't figure out who it was. I couldn't see a face. It was like someone put a wig next to my aunt. I couldn't see like under the covers. It looked like it was a person. And it creeped me out. And I, and I never, I don't think I've ever told anybody that story. Because I just, I was just completely confused. But I could wow. see it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I saw it, and I couldn't understand what it was. Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> I mean, it's creepy. Like when you think about it, like, oh my God, somebody's like laying right there. And you're thinking, am I crazy? At least your brother experienced the same thing, you know, but yeah. when you're alone and you're the only one awake, how do you explain that? You know, right. right. So what happened in this house? How long did you live there? And did anything oh, else we've... happen? Yeah, we lived there for God, quite a while. It was probably, I was probably, I don't know, 12 or 13 before we finally moved out. Um, <clears throat> we had, there was one time when my grandmother, she moved into this assisted living uh, place and she had this, this poodle um, <laughs> that she named Fifi, typical name for a poodle. Um, and, but she couldn't take the dog with her to this assisted living place where she was living. And she tried, you know, like kind of adopting her out, but she was so used to her and to us that she just wouldn't go with anybody else. So we eventually ended up bringing her to our house. And I mean, as soon as she walked in, she, she like walked all around the living room, just sniffing like a dog would. Then she gets right over to the edge of the hallway and stands there and just starts barking. Just barking. And nobody that we could see, at least, was down there. And this dog would not, I mean, I, I won't say she wouldn't, but she was very hesitant. Like, she wouldn't go down to the end of the hallway by herself. You had to be at the other end. And you would literally have to coax her, just be like, come on, come on. And she would always, you know, stand there uh, just kind of doing this little dance like she wanted to, but, you know, she didn't. 
And when she would finally get enough courage to do it, she would literally skirt the the wall all the way down, like literally, literally like her body is pressed against the wall and going down to the end. She would not walk down the middle of it at all. I always pay attention to the animals, always yeah. pay attention because they can see spirit. And if they're barking at something or like my cats would stare behind me or on the wall. And sometimes they're, it looks like they're following something on the wall and I go, okay, mm-hmm. what is that? Yeah. What are you looking at? Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, I've, I've seen our dogs do it and, uh, you know, sometimes I'll see like a gnat or something. So I know that that's what they're following, but there's other times when <laughs> they're clearly looking at something, you know, that is not there. Hard. Yeah. They're staring hard. Yeah, they're intently focused on something. Right. So yeah. do you think this is a female? In the house? Yeah, like a female ghost or spirit? No, I think it was a male. Um, because I have a very distinct memory of one of our neighbors telling us that that there was a like a police officer that lived in this house. And he and his wife were going through some sort of domestic issue. And I guess she was threatening to keep their son, you know, like away from him. But for whatever reason, I I guess, you know, she allowed the boy to come over this one particular day and he refused to give him back. So he was like holding him hostage in the house. And and I guess there was like a, you know, a police standoff. He finally let the boy go. But from what the neighbors said, the cop killed himself in the house. Mm. And, and it makes sense. I mean, with what we saw, because uh, at one point, my mom had switched our bedrooms around. So they had the front bedroom and we had the back bedroom. And my brother woke me up one night. He was like, He's like, look, 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 you know, he's like, there's somebody laying in the hallway (laughs) and I look and, and sure enough, there is like, you you can see where it's dark, but in this particular spot, it was just pitch black and in the, I mean, absolute shape of somebody kind of laying there in, in like an almost fetal position. And I was like, turn the light on, turn the light on. And he, he flips the light on and it's completely gone, which well, and, and when he turned the light off, it you could see it again, which makes it sound like a shadow. But the back door had one of those, like, I don't know, it was like this thick glass that was almost frosted, like like a shower would have. Mm-hmm. And so there's, I mean, light would filter through, but not to the point where it would create this hard shadow like we were seeing. Yeah, it's like blacker. It's like a black solid mass that's darker than a shadow would be. Yeah. Right. Like a like a hole. Like if you were to Right. I, I don't know, be walking down the hallway and you stepped into that spot, you would just fall through. That's what it, it gave that impression. It was just so black in that one spot. So do you think that's where he shot himself and fell? It's very possible. It's very possible. But what's weird is my mom doesn't have, of course, she's in her 70s now, 
but she doesn't have that memory of our neighbor telling us this. And I'm like, how can you forget something like that? You know, <laughs> like, I mean, I was just a kid and that still stuck with me, you know? Right, right. But the reason I, I say that is because there was a period in that house where my mom went from just, I mean, like everyday normal routine to where she just suddenly developed this fear of being away from the house. And it was almost like this deep anxiety. And it got to the point where it was so bad, she wouldn't even go out and just walk around the neighborhood. Like she did not want to even go outside. And it makes me wonder. I mean, I don't know, you know, if any of this, you know, to be true or not, it just makes me wonder if this guy was somehow having some sort of effect on her, you know, cause he's, he's going through this whole thing with, you know, his wife and, you know, he ended up taking his own life. So he's not able to control her. So maybe he's attempting to control my mom. Maybe, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's what he wanted. His He didn't want his wife to leave. Yeah. And so he was projecting those feelings onto her while, she, while your mom was living there. Yeah. And she would get so emotional. Like she would just come up to us out of nowhere and just start crying and, and giving us a hug. I mean, we had no idea what was going on with her. Aww. Yeah. And I mean, to this day, she still has the anxiety, but it's nothing like it was when we were living there. So the boy, this guy who killed himself, his son was fine. Like he yes. was. Yeah. According to the neighbors. Yeah. Did you ever do any research on it? Like see if you I've found looked, any articles? Yeah, I've looked and have not found anything. So I, mean, I don't know if, you know if I had a name or something that would help, but. Yeah. You know, and it could have just, and, and that simply could have just been a neighbor trying to spook us too. You know, I don't know. But with what went on there, I mean, <laughs> there was something clearly going on inside this house. Because we came home one day, my mom uh, picked me up from school. My brother was at a Cub Scout meeting. And so we, we come inside, I go down the hallway because our bedroom was at this time still in the back. I'm walking down the hall and I stop when I get to the back door and I'm just like, mom, <laughs> come here. And so she comes down and the back door, and these locks were in this door before we even, you know, like when we moved in, they were already there. And it was, I can't remember if it was like two of those chain locks and one of those latch hook locks, or if it was two of the latch hook and then one chain, but there was just all these locks on there. Plus, you know, of course the lock on the knob, all of those locks were yanked out of the door and just hanging by the screws. Wow. But the the lock on the knob was still locked. The door had never even been opened. There was no dent in the door. The door opened outwards. So it's not like somebody could have kicked it in and busted the locks off. And so, this is the front door or No, this was the back door, the oh, door that the was back in the hallway. Door. Yeah. Yeah. 
but again, there was no dent. It wasn't like anybody kicked the door in. Um, and they, they would have had to have kicked, if they were going to kick the door in, they would have had to have done it from the inside. You know, because again, it opened outwards. That takes a lot of force to. Yeah, a lot of force. Break that off. Yeah. But every sure. single one of them was just hanging there by the screws. You sure you don't have Sasquatch around there? <laughs> well, it is Oklahoma and there are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think people confuse Sasquatch activity with poltergeist or uh, paranormal activity. Yeah. Too. But again, they would, it, they would have had to have been inside the house. Mm-hmm. Like, like they were inside trapped and kicking the door out so they could get out. I have a, I had a high school friend who grew up in Massachusetts and that her house was so old. It was built in the 1600s and it was tiny. Like you had tiny doorways, really low ceilings, tiny little staircase. And she would tell me that sometimes she would leave and um, she would come back and, and, you know, try to unlock the door, but the door wouldn't open. Like the front door, she couldn't get it unlocked. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That would be freaky. And I did this tour of of a mansion in, I think it's, it's near Leesburg, Virginia. And they do these candlelight ghost tours. So my friend and I, you know, decided we're going to do this tour. I think it was around Halloween. And, um, you know, they're talking about their ghostly activity there. And, and uh, he goes up to the front door. We're standing in front of the building. He goes to the front door. You can't open it because it's locked. And he said, that's weird. This is supposed to be unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend and I look at each other like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder who who locked it. Exactly. Exactly. So was that your scariest? I mean, when you're five and you come into a building and you're scared from day one, you know, that's really, really hard to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, there was I you know, I can I can distinctly remember and it was it was bizarre. But it didn't happen the whole entire time that we lived in this house, but it was right around when we first moved in and probably within the first, I don't know, two or three years. Um, it was almost consistent, but every night when I would lay down to, you know, to, to go to sleep, I would hear this. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but it was like a, the sound of like, I don't know. The only way to describe it is like a thousand voices all whispering at the same time so and it and it was just like this kind of like over and over and over and over and over and 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 the weirdest thing is like i could i could hear it in like in my ears almost like it was pulsating at the same time and i can you know i can remember getting up and like you know going and waking up my dad and saying you know like you know, I keep hearing this noise, like I can't sleep, you know, and he would, you know, ask like, you know, well, what does it sound like? I would try to explain it, but I, but I explained it to him. I was like, it, it sounds like, like the wind blowing, you know, but I was like, but it's in, it's in the house, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, of course he couldn't hear it. Um, 
sometimes I'd wake up my mom, you know, because <laughs> it's like I'd go back and forth. It's like, okay, well, you know, he doesn't hear it. Maybe she'll hear it. And, you know, she didn't hear it either. My brother didn't hear anything. But it was just, it was constant. It was so loud too. And then not too far from where we lived, there was um, this house. This isn't paranormal. It's just kind of funny. Uh, but there was a house that had um, peacocks. And they make this sound at night that sounds just like a woman, like screaming for help. Yeah. Yeah. I've it's heard like, that. Help. Help. <laughs> I would like freak out. <laughs> I went and like woke up my parents like some woman's like yelling for help, you know. <laughs> Your parents are like, can you stop waking us up? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> after you yeah after I learned when I was little people weren't hearing things that I was hearing I stopped you know pointing it out because I just I would hear the ringing do you get your the ringing in your ears like the high tones yes ringing so I've I've been hearing that since I was a little girl yeah yeah, I hear that. On and I would well. be in my bedroom and I would hear this high, very high tone in my ears. And I would look around my room and I would look out the window. And and then I asked my sister, do you hear that? No, I don't even think I bothered with my parents. I figured they didn't hear it, you know. And after a couple of times of, of asking friends or family, do you hear that? No one's heard it but me. So I stopped pointing it out. Yeah. Now, like people talk about that being, you know, a download, like you're getting information or, or download from your angels, but I don't connect it with getting information on anything. I just hear a sound. And all... it's, it's like a high pitched electric hum or something yeah. like that, but it's high pitched. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've heard I also hear, times. I don't know if you hear stuff, um, I hear in this house at night, especially in the winter, it's not usually during warmer months, but in the winter, I hear a sound that's like, wah, 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 but it's not consistent, you know, and it sounds like heavy machinery, like what you would think a machine would sound like at night yeah. and I do not know what that is that's so weird because I actually heard something similar to that the other day but it was during the day and it was like it, it's almost like the sound of something electrical getting ready to turn on and then it suddenly stops yeah and it, it makes like a mm sound and it's like and then it does it again like a few minutes later it'll go mm. it's weird yeah, yeah and I it, heard it during the day and I was like what yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I I even went outside to see if it was something outside, but it's only something I can hear inside the house. Mm -hmm. And I it, it the heat's not running. Okay. It's it's like and I don't know what it is. And it's annoying if I focus on it. Because yeah. all I'm hearing is like it's not my heartbeat. I know what my heartbeat <laughs> sounds like, you know. It's right. this kind of machinery type sound, yeah. but I've only heard it in this house. I've never heard anything like that before anywhere else. That's wild. <laughs> That's wild. And it's just weird that you say that because it's just like, I, I literally heard something similar to that 
just the other day. And I'm like, now I have heard flutes and drums, but very, very faint. And I have a neighbor who's heard it too. So I'm not the only one who hears these things, but she hears flutes and drums too. So I'm thinking probably in Native Americans, leftover energy or whatever, still sounding out there. Yeah. Wow. I've never heard anything like that. I've never heard, you know, drums or music or, you know, flute sounds or anything like that. I mean, you would think being Oklahoma, (laughs) you probably would. Um, but yeah, I've never heard anything. Yeah, I really, I really had to focus on it because I, I was hearing something and I couldn't quite make out what it was. So I was going through, kind of through my head. Is it this? Is it this? Is it drums? Is it drums? Is it flutes? And it sounds like drums and flutes. So that was my conclusion. Wow. <laughs> so if there's anybody out there that knows what this is email me because <laughs> i'm open to theories i don't know what this is yeah well i know that people will say that the the that tone that high-pitched tone is like uh what do they call it um is it like tinnitus or something like that it's like yeah. an inner ear yeah. thing mm-hmm. but i don't know i don't know if i i buy why that would, why would i have tinnitus if i was a little girl yeah you know this is before i I went clubbing so i didn't damage my ears yet you know (laughs) not going into any raves (laughs) at that age (laughs) you ever go to a dance club or a loud concert and your ears are ringing yeah it's like you 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 spend so much time inside and you're you're trying to talk over the music then you get outside and you're still talking the same way. And people are like, why are you yelling? Because <laughs> my ears are ringing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. Have you ever- yeah, I remember, you know, like in in that house um, where all that stuff was going on, I remember one day being there by myself and hearing like a kid laugh. And I was like, whoa. And I looked outside to see if like, you know, any of the neighbor kids were outside and I didn't see anyone. So but we're talking was, about more than one spirit then. Yeah, I think so. But like this was inside the house. This laughter was coming from inside the house because it was just like, yeah, so close. I was just yeah. like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spooked me out. You ever heard uh, anybody say your name? Um, I haven't heard anyone say my name, but I did hear someone, which I thought was my husband one night. Um, this was at an apartment that we lived at before we moved into this house. He was upstairs, um, in the restroom and I was downstairs. I could have sworn I heard him walking down the steps and then he, I could have sworn I heard him say, you know what? And I was just like, no, what? And that was it. There was no response. (laughs) And I was just like, I was like, I was like, babe, did you just say something? No response. And so I I get up, walk over to the the stairs and I start to go up the stairs and I can hear the fan in the restroom upstairs still. He was still, you know, in the restroom. 
but I, I mean, as plain as day, I heard him say, you know what? <laughs> so, and it nope. sounded like him. Sounded exactly like him. Oh no. I mean, to the point that like, you know, which is weird because I mean, the dogs didn't react. So it makes me wonder now if only I heard it or if they heard it and just assumed it was him. So, you know, there was no reason for them to react. I don't know. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember in my house in Virginia, my oldest daughter was just a toddler, you know, like two or three. So, you know, when they're babies and toddlers, you always have an ear out, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of listening for them all the time. Right. So I'm, I'm in my bed and it's, she hasn't gotten up yet. Um, it's probably before 8, 8 a.m. She was like a clock. I'm up. And she would come down the hallway and like literally throw open my door when it would bang. You know, she would come in. So I'm laying there and I hear this male voice in my left ear, clear and loud. Wake up. And I jumped out of bed because the first thing I think is my daughter, you know, that I'm a mom. So that's my number one concern is my children. So I woke up, I jumped out of bed. I ran, I opened the door and she's still asleep. Her door's closed. And then I got mad. I was like, um, excuse me. Makes you wonder what were they telling you to wake up for? Well, and later I contemplated it and I thought maybe it's just wake up to the truth or spiritually wake up or the voice actually sounded a lot like my father's voice. He passed away in 91. Um, It had a very deep voice, but I was annoyed. I was like, why did you wake me up? You scared me. Yeah. Don't do that. Whoever you are. (laughs) I mean, I can understand it. Like if the house was on fire or. Right. I thought it was an emergency. Yeah. But nothing. It was nothing. Nothing had happened. (laughs) That would, that would trip me out. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Although I say that, you know, but I've, I've experienced so much, you know, throughout my life that when something like that happens, it's just like, oh. You know, there's another one, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's almost like so much happens that you forget. Yeah. That so much happened. Well, and it, it's just like at the time that it happened, you're like, whoa, okay, that's, that's weird, you know? But then as the days go on, it's just, you know, it's just like, okay, it's another one of those weird, I'm just going to chalk it up as another one of those right. weird experiences. Unexplained. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have you ever seen a UFO? Oh, yes. <laughs> I've seen quite a few. Um my I was just thinking about this the other day actually. Um I have two experiences that are kind of interesting. The first one or the second one's more interesting than the first, but the first one happened before the second one. Um and my parents like it, it was just this kind of thing that we would do sometimes on Saturday or Sunday evenings. Um, you know, we would just all get in the car and and go and get an ice cream, and we would just drive around the countryside, you know, whatever. And 
so that's what we were doing this night. And I remember just looking out the window, you know, at the stars and, and then I see this really bright, bright light and it's just sitting there, it's just hovering. And it's not like way up in the sky. Like there was a, what looked like a farm kind of off in the distance. And it was just real, like literally just kind of hovering over that farm. And I'm just sitting there looking at it. It's not moving. And then the weirdest, weirdest thing, it just falls out of the sky. But the way that it fell was like a feather. Like it just started like swaying back and forth until it hit the ground. And I was like, what? what was that you know because i mean like like i said you know it was just hovering there for like the longest time you know there was no movement to it and then all of a sudden it just did this this falling out of the sky thing but it was like you know it just didn't fall straight down it just kind of just swayed back and forth yeah the weirdest i mean it couldn't have been a fireworks i've never seen fireworks you know do anything like that Mm-mm. and i mean plus it would make a sound yeah. And there was no drones at this time, you know, so there was nothing like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it could have been. That was the first UFO I saw. I was driving from my town to the gym, but it was very rural. And it was at nighttime. And I'm driving along and I see this bright light in the distance and it shot down toward the earth. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, that was not a plane. <laughs> that, I don't know what that was, you know? Yeah. That was my yeah. first one that I've seen. Wow. Wow. It was a very well, second one. bright light. And I don't know where it came from. I just kind of saw it in the sky. And then it shot down toward wow. the earth in a straight line. Then it was gone. Was it just like a solid white light? Yeah. Yeah. A that's, very that's, bright light. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I saw floating there in the sky, except when, when it fell, it, it just <laughs> like, like a feather. It was the weirdest thing, <laughs> you know, and, and, and literally thinking back on it now, I'm like, did I dream that? Because that seems like something that would happen in a dream, you know, yeah. but, but I was driving. Yeah, you were trying. I wasn't yeah, dreaming. True. Yeah. And no, I didn't lose any time. I've yeah. never lost time. <laughs> I've never lost time like that. Yeah. That's crazy. Thank That's goodness. Because have yeah. you read uh, Terry? Uh, is it Terry Lovelace? I think his name is. Um, yeah, I know the name. I haven't read anything. I just read his book. They yeah. used to come into his room and they would put these masks on that look like they look like uh, monkeys. Ooh. He thought they were little monkeys coming into his room every night who wanted to come play. <laughs> wow. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't know if it was his cousin or it was another person he was talking about, but they said they would come in the room and they would look like clowns. Okay, I think I could handle the monkeys more. Than I, I know the, the clowns. clowns. <laughs> so they would make this projection or hologram or something around themselves to look like certain things. Wow. 
that's weird. Like, I mean, I guess, I mean, why clowns? I mean, I guess they think kids are going to. Yeah, like maybe they thought, or... or monkeys, you know, monkeys are. So he, he wasn't afraid. No, he began to become afraid after a while. Well, as a kid, I always wanted to pet monkeys. So if I had seen those, I would have been like, come on in. Sure, let's play. <laughs> now the clown, I think I would have been like, mm, but keep your he, he, he didn't want to sleep by himself. He his he would wake them up all the time. Sound familiar? Yep. Um, I can't sleep here. They're gonna come in my room. Nobody saw anything. You know, he was waking his sister up. His sister was angry at him for waking him up. You know, poor guy. And then as an adult, he had a abduction experience. Hey, I don't hear you anymore, Garrett. You don't hear me at all? Oh, okay. I hear you now. Okay. <laughs> or maybe you were Sorry. nodding your head and not saying anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I nodded, but I, I said, I think I said something. I don't remember. <laughs> wow. That... UFO experience number two. Number two. So this one is really interesting because it wasn't just witnessed by, by me. It was witnessed by my dad and by my grandmother. So all at the same time, uh, my dad and I, we were at my grandmother's house. We were mowing her lawn and we were, had just finished up. And so we were packing up the lawnmower into the back of my dad's truck. And so we were just kind of standing there talking and way off in the West. I, I see this light, which I just assumed was a plane <clears throat> and it was just kind of moving slowly across the sky. And then it kind of turned and was kind of coming our direction. The closer it got to us, I noticed it was, <laughs> well, it, it's hard to, to know whether it was spinning or the lights that were on it were spinning mm -hmm. or like if they were turning off and on in such a fashion that it looked like they were going around in a circle. But that's what this thing looked like. And it was just, I mean, it was perfectly round. It had these lights and it, they were just spinning. It was so weird. And I pointed it out and the, my dad, my grandmother both looked at it. My grandmother even said to my dad, and she goes, Phil, what is that? <laughs> and this thing, I mean, moved right over the top of us. No sound whatsoever. And I mean, it was close enough that as a, as a kid thinking back on it now, it seemed like it was close enough that if I had picked up a rock with a really good, strong arm, I could have thrown it and hit this thing. So it moves over the top of us and then moves off to the East until we can't see it anymore. And we were all just kind of standing there like, what did we just see? And my grandmother had, um, she had a UFO experience, I don't know, I think back before I was even born uh, in California. Is so, this the daytime or nighttime? Uh, this was, when this happened, it was just right as it was starting to, like the sun was starting to set, you know, but 
like it was below the horizon, but there was still enough light outside that, you know, you could still mm-hmm. see. And this is in Oklahoma? Yeah, this was in, in Ponca City, Oklahoma, yeah. uh, where I grew up. And so it just got my my grandmother talking about, you know, the experience that she had, you know, just it sparked this whole entire conversation. So as we're sitting there talking, I see, I see it again, or, or another one. I don't know if it was a second one or the <laughs> <Wow>. same one. <laughs> it's not over yet. <laughs> yeah. And it's doing the exact same thing coming from the, the exact direction that the other one came from. And again, does that sort of angle thing and then starts coming towards us and flies right over the top of us again. And I pointed it out. I was like, here it comes again. This time when my dad looked at it, he said, it's saying something. And (laughs) I remember my grandmother and I just kind of looking at him like, you know, the cheese had just slid right off his cracker. (laughs) And we were like, what are you talking about? And he goes, there's, there's words on it. He's like, the lights are, are forming words. And he goes, it's saying something about a motorcycle being for sale. And we were both like, what are you talking about? There's no <laughs> words on this thing. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's advertising some, someone's trying to sell a motorcycle. That's, you know, that's, it's advertising that. And again, you know, it flew right over us off to the east and once again disappeared. But the weird thing about it is the first time he saw it, he didn't know what it was. The second time, he's suddenly seeing something that my grandmother and I aren't seeing because we did not see any words on this thing at all. And for, I mean, the other thing is like, I was probably 10 years old. So this would have been 1983. There's no craft that I know of. And I've even looked it up that was perfectly round, no wings, no engines. There was no sound that would fly around and advertise things for (laughs) sale. (laughs) I mean, it just makes no sense. And, and, you know, and plus, you know, who, who, who would pay money for the fuel and the cost to, I mean, just put an ad in the paper, you know, like, why would you feel the need to have something fly around? And it just, it doesn't make any sense. Did you ever ask your dad what he meant? Like, what did he really see? Well, I brought it up to him sometime. Well, I brought it up both to, to my grandmother and to him separately years later um, my grandmother remembered perfectly the same thing I saw. And, but then she also said to me, I don't think your dad was meant to see it. And I said, yeah, I kind of don't think he was either, you know, cause we talked about him seeing something completely different this, the second time. And, and then when I brought it up to to my dad, he goes, oh yeah, that, that advertising plane. Yeah. Was like, advertising plane, dad, like, <laughs> What are you talking about? There was no wings on that thing, you know. But to him, that's what it was. It was, or maybe of... that was his mind's way of coping 
with what he saw and he, his mind like hijacked him literally and said, oh, this is a plane. It's advertising just flying over your head. Well, it was, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was almost kind of like, um, you know, like it flew over. We all saw it, but it's almost like it came back for a second pass just to warp his mind, you know, and not ours which is weird. It's almost like um, I was on um, Shannon LeGros uh, podcast and she kind of brought it up about um, like the men in black, the little flashy light thing that they have. And that maybe that's why, you know, the second time it came over, it just did something to him causing him to see something entirely different. I don't know. I think your mind tries to explain when you see something unexplainable your mind starts trying to say no this is what you saw right this is what it is yeah it tries to rationalize what it's seeing right right i was i was reading this book um recommended by actually one of my other guests mike bodewitz and he communicates with sasquatch he recommended this book to me. It was about a Bigfoot named Taluk. And it was this woman that was uh, communicating with him telepathically for over a oh, year wow. or two back in the early 70s. And she did some crazy wild stuff. But according to the book, she took him and his wife, you know, the the Bigfoots to a lake. And there were people swimming. There were people there. wow (laughs) well they have the ability to cloak themselves to be invisible so they were doing that but like when they got wet you could see the water coming off of a form but not see the form and so like people were seeing that and they were like oh and then people were actually seeing them and then saying oh that's a bear or another, someone else was like, oh, that's a, that looks like a Bigfoot. You know, they were, like everybody was saying different things. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So that's what I mean. Like, I think that someone's brain said, that's not, that's not, I don't know what that is. That's a bear. Yeah. You know, they want to believe that they're saying a bear, not something that they cannot explain. Wow. Oh, she decided that was a bad idea and that they needed to to leave. Actually, it got kind of dangerous because one guy flipped out and got his gun and was trying to go after them. And mm. here's the UFO related thing. A UFO came and picked them up and took them out of there because they were in danger. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> whoa (laughs) that's crazy so yeah this is the stuff i read for fun (laughs) folks but it it was recommended he i know mike reads a lot of books and he said that was the best book he read last year and i said okay well i'm gonna get it it wasn't even available on kindle you can buy it on amazon i could only get the print copy oh yeah but there's some amazing books on sasquatch like if you believe this is really what happened to them, which I really don't think people would lie about this stuff. Right. You know, because right. of the ridicule and. Yeah, I have a really great shirt that says, um, 
Bigfoot saw me, but nobody will believe him. (laughs) (laughs) So what are are you working on now besides answering 10,000 emails? (laughs) I am still digging deep into this whole number sequence thing. It's just, it's, it's taking so many turns. It's have now you, have, what have you learned recently since we last spoke? Anything new? Um, well, it seems to be pointing towards the zodiac now. Um, which this coming Saturday, I'm supposed to uh, be talking with Micah Dink. I don't know if you know who he is. Uh, he's an astrotheologist who has spent a great deal of time looking at the Bible and making the connections from the, the stories in the Bible, how they perfectly line up to the Zodiac and astrology. Interesting. And I mean, it's just the way that this whole thing with the numbers has been, has been going. um, It's now crossed that line of where, it seems like it's pointing towards the, the Zodiac. And there's even references through Gematria uh, with the Zodiac. So I'm just kind of interested in showing, you know, my research to him and seeing if he feels like there's a connection or if there's something deeper going on. Because I don't even know if he's looked at the the number, like the numerology side of the mm-hmm. Bible, you know. Um, but he even... Uh, in, in his first book that he wrote, he wrote all of his books as fiction uh, because he says that you can get away with more or saying more through fiction, even though it's true. But if you pass yeah. it off as fiction as a story, yeah, yeah, it's passable. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things he was talking about was the ohm sound, you know, that like monks, when they, they chant, they make ohm and it having a frequency of, I think he said it was 136.1. And of course, I look at numbers differently now. <laughs> so I look at those numbers. I'm like, okay, well, those numbers total 11. And so I went and looked it up on the internet, uh, that frequency. And it, I found something where they, they called it the cosmic note. And one of the words that, the word note is what stood out to me because it reflected back to the email um, that I showed you the last time from Bob, where the message in the email was a note from the universe. And I thought, Oh my God, all this time I've been thinking it was like referencing a message of some kind, but what if it's a, 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 sound. a sound, Yeah, you know, Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So Ohm is 11. Yeah. Of course it is. Well, and here's the interesting thing. So when I went and put in, I never thought to do this. When I took the phrase, a note from the universe, and plugged it into Gematria, it gave me the value of 1604. And then 1604 plus its mirror opposite gave me the number 5665, which is an encoded 1111. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I didn't see this all this time. (laughs) So, yeah, it just keeps revealing itself in the most bizarre way. 
the most bizarre, bizarre way. You are the eleven eleven guy. It's. <laughs> I still just like I want to know like what is the what's the end game you know, to this whole entire thing. Because I mean, from the very beginning, it's it's led me in all these different directions. They all seem to connect. But what is the end? There game? probably is isn't the- one. It's about the journey. Yeah. The the I know. you know, <laughs> I think there's certain souls on this planet that, you know, like you and I that are very curious. And um we make a lot of connections, whereas most a lot of people don't look at how connected everything is. And maybe the overall end game is that we're all connected, that everything is connected. Yeah. We just don't may may not understand exactly how deep that connection is. But I think there's some souls that come here. We're here to enjoy ourselves. It is kind of like an adventure. And and we get to explore what we're interested in, and it's fun. It's fun not to know, but to to learn. At the same time, I, I still want to know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but still, what's the end game? <laughs> it's like, what is the purpose? Like, why am I doing all of this? You know, it's... maybe the purpose is to know yourself better. And that's, you know, I mean, all of it, all of it could be possible at this mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's, I do think it's part of an awakening process. And but that you there know what? Are... I, I think the, it's fun not to know, like, I'm okay with not knowing everything. Yeah. You know, you know how like people want to know, plan things out and they want to, they have all these goals and. And I heard recently, and I thought it was brilliant. It's like goals only are there to make you feel bad when you don't meet them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's true. But I'm, I'm all about like going with the flow and seeing what, what, what comes up in my field of vision and feeling, and then kind of going from there. Yeah. So I hate yeah. that question. What are you going to be doing in five years? Well, I'm going to be doing something fabulous that I can't even think of right now. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because five years ago, if you thought about what you're doing now, could you even comprehend or come up with that? No. No. So don't. Just go with it. It's going to be amazing no matter what it is. (laughs) Well, and I think, I don't think we would, I don't think we have the ability to comprehend, you know, the the deep deep side you know like this is just barely breaking the surf you know the surface but you know like you know i was having a conversation with my brother one day and and you know he's like just just think you know of a being that was or has the ability to create everything that we see think of the knowledge inside the mind of this this being are you going to be able to comprehend that? And I was like, mm, probably not, <laughs> you know? And he goes, well, maybe that's why it's talking to you through numbers because you can comprehend those numbers. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, yeah, but I hated math as a kid. <laughs> you know, it's like, why numbers? But it, numbers is universal, you know? So, yeah. And that's really what I've been just doing here lately is just kind of, you know, like when this the whole number thing first started, I mean, stuff was just coming so rapidly. Right. And now it's kind of slowing down. It's stuff still comes, but now it's, you know, it's more like maybe once a week, something, you know, will come up or, you know, and then sometimes I just have to walk away from it. You know, I've stared at Take it so long. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that you have to step away, come back, and then you see it with fresh eyes and you see things that you, you didn't notice before. Kind of like the whole thing with the, the frequency, you know, the ohm frequency and putting that phrase into gematria. I never thought to do that. Or if I did, I don't remember doing it, but if I did, I didn't pick up on the number, you know, at the time, I guess. Yeah. And there are certain sounds that, that are healing, like certain frequencies. Like I'm reading a book right now on sound healing. Um, I think the author is David Gibson, but he has charts and stuff in there and what frequency heals what and the use of different instruments and why certain instruments are calming versus others and tones. I mean, this is really getting into music and I'm not musical, but I'm interested in sound healing and using sound with energy healing. Hmm. I actually think that's the next thing that I need to pursue is this sound healing. Well, I have always been interested in, in like frequencies and, you know, how they affect us, how they affect, you know, our bodies and our minds. And, um, so yeah, just coming across that, that phrase with that frequency, I was just like, (laughs) yeah, by the way, everybody, I'm reading six books at once right now. So (laughs) sound healing (laughs) and values, visualization, creating a life of value. Well, that's not the one that I'm reading though. See this one, I'm not even on my list. So I'm reading seven books. So I have to finish some books. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I mean. I'm just one of those people that I always want to be learning. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, it was, it was interesting too, because the other day I I just was, you know, goofing around and I wanted to see what would happen if, um, you know, those numbers that were generated, you know, that we talked about, if just to see what would happen if I divided those numbers by 11, well, every single one of them perfectly divides by 11. But the new number that you get follows the last digit of all those new numbers follows that same pattern of three, six, nine, two, five, eight, one, four, seven. And I was like, there's, there's going to be something more to that. So I, you know, just look at three, six, nine, it, it's three points, just like a triangle. So, you know, I made a triangle with nine at the top, three at the lower right, six at the lower left. And then I was like, okay, well, what about 258? So when you put place those in between like 3, 6, and 9, like a clock, well, 258 forms another triangle, and so does 147. And before you know it, you wind up with what is known as the Star of David, or they also call yeah. it the Star of Creation. I just drew it. Yeah. 
And the Star of David is a um, represents the feminine and the masculine balanced. Correct. Equally balanced. Yeah. Which is interesting because if you think of, there was the new Matrix film that just came out last year. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, but that's mm-hmm. kind of what's going on in the film too. That balance between Neo and Trinity. So, yeah, it was it was interesting to me that they released that film at that particular time. So. Some people didn't like it. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. It wasn't it didn't have the Matrix feel like the other films did. But at the same time, I kind of wonder if, you know, it wasn't. I think there's references in the movie about like Warner Brothers going to make the film, whether you know she wanted to make it or not. And so she kind of did it, but she's putting those those messages in there because, you know, like the new Agent Smith is talking about, you know, Warner Brothers is going to do a new movie whether we want to or not, you know. So it's makes you wonder if there's all this sort of hidden symbolism. Well, there is a hidden symbolism in the film. <laughs> I've already mm-hmm. pointed that out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if there's other messages going on that uh, – she's kind of letting us know without just coming right out and saying it. Who's the director? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. They, I mean, they always hide stuff like that in films. <laughs> I mean, always. Yeah. I love the Matrix tri- trilogy. It's well done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> wakes up your mind to uh, other... <laughs> Other possibilities, you know, and then of course the whole number sequence, you know, keeps referencing a matrix. Mm-hmm. So we're back to the simulation idea. So it's yeah. I was listening to another guy talking about this, and he's like, "Well, this could be all a simulation." And I'm like, "That's fine, but it's still our reality." Right. Right. It's still a reality of one of many realities. Yeah. Well, my brother and I were talking about the other day, you know, and I was like, you know, what if, what if, you know, our bodies are just simply in this avatar, you know, that we, we control, like, you know, we are not, our bodies don't make up who we are. Our soul makes up who we are. And, you know, what if this is just a, a, an avatar? And it was so interesting because he's like, oh my God, I meant to tell you this. He's like, I'm so glad you said that word. He's like, you need to read the book of Enoch um, where the the name of God is mentioned as, and I think it's pronounced Aravat. And as soon as I looked at the word, I was like, well, that's an anagram for avatar. And he's like, mm. I know, that's what I wanted you to see. <laughs> or this guy was saying, this is our spacesuit. Our yeah. body is our spacesuit on yeah. Earth. Yeah. Yeah, your your spacesuit, your avatar, your vehicle, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know, it's it's just something that we're we're riding around in essentially. Because like if you if you watch a film where there's a three D character that's supposed to be human, 
and you really look at the character and you look in its eyes, you will know that something is missing. Like, I mean, I know that you can see the character moving, they're talking, they're speaking, but there's, at least for me, there's life missing from those eyes. And it's almost like you're watching an animated dead person. You mean if you're watching an actor, a human actor? Not if you're watching like a human actor, but if you're watching a, like a 3D version of a human actor, you know, or like, um, like a character that's completely done in 3D, sort of like with Carrie Fisher, you know, in, in Rogue One, you know, after she passed, but they've put her into the film when she was younger. Okay. Yeah. Like a CG version. Yeah, a CGI version of, yeah. of a person. You look at them and you you really pay attention. You'll see that there's life missing from their eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. And people can't hide their true feelings in their eyes. If you look at, forget the smile, the expression, but if you just look into their eyes, you, they reveal their feelings. So someone could be smiling in a picture and their their eyes will reveal sadness. Or the scarier ones are the ones that look empty. Mm -hmm. Those people who look empty. Right. I was thinking about this because um, I was thinking, have you ever looked at pictures of Kanye West? His eyes look like he's checked out. Right. Look at his eyes. There's like, he's lost or something's not there that something's missing yep it's like he's being controlled yeah Yeah. and then i had a another reiki master friend he said he said um cover half the face look at the you know half the face and what it looks like and then cover the other half and what does it reveal about that person Mm -hmm. (laughs) wow yeah that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that wow. You know, I was watching, I was gonna tell you this too. I was watching um oh it's one of those late night, I can't remember which show it was, but it was on YouTube and it was just a video of of a um like a mind mentalist. And I, I can't remember if it was like Jimmy Fallon or or who it was on, but Harry Connick Jr. was on there, and this guy comes out and he's he's the mentalist and he's going through his routine with Harry Connick Jr. And he gets him to reveal his, uh, like his ATM cards uh, number that he has to punch in. And it was so strange to me that, that the number that Harry Connick Jr. was using on his, on his uh, ATM card was 1111. And this guy was able to reveal that to him just by looking at him and saying, okay, count, you know, one through 10 really quick. And, you know, he would go through and he would count. And there was something that he was doing that Harry Connick Jr. was doing, either blinking on the number or maybe a twitch that this guy was able to pick up on. And he was able to, you know, say, okay, you know, this is the first number one. And Harry Connick Jr. is like, yeah. And then he'd go through something again. He's like, okay. And the second number is also one and he's like yeah and before he gets to the end it's like the whole thing was you know four ones it was 11 11 i was like whoa 
So is he so really weird. just a mentalist or <laughs> is he a very good um, body language reader? Because I, I, I used to work for the government. They actually trained us on um, interrogation one techniques and you can tell when somebody's lying because they'll cancel out what they said with an inappropriate response like coughing or they'll laugh you know when it wasn't appropriate to laugh so right. it's like it's like we're uncomfortable lying and so our body will respond in ways that's not appropriate when you're lying right then there's a certain direction for recall and a certain direction of the eyes when you're making stuff up Right. So I've I've actually used this when people are getting interviewed on TV, especially like crime, mm -hmm. and and you're I'm looking at the direction they're looking at, how they're reacting. You can wow. read a lot. The body the body language reveals a lot about a person. But wow. like I said, the eyes don't lie. Right. <laughs> Well, and then if you start, if you like start incorporating reverse speech into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And seeing what they're saying backwards, that reveals quite a bit as well. How do you, how do you play something backwards? Um, I mean, you can use any program. Um, Audacity is a free one. Uh, I have Adobe Premiere um, or not Premiere, but uh, Adobe Audition. And you just, you know, go in there and, I think there's just a setting that just reverses the just entire reverses. audio. Interesting. Yeah. You just listen to it and you have to do it in small sections. You have to really, really listen. Um, sometimes the reversals are so clear that you, you, you don't have to listen very hard because it's, it's super clear. But, Is it usually something negative reversed or could it be positive? Uh, both. I mean, it, it really like nine times out of 10, it will like reflect on what they're saying forwards. So if they're telling a lie forwards, it's generally going to be revealed through the reverse speech. Um, but sometimes you'll, you'll, they'll, they'll say something and you'll get some message coming through that doesn't even seem to relate. So it could just be something that maybe at that moment as they're talking, they're thinking about something else or something else is going through their mind. You know, like you could be having a, an interview and then all of a sudden like in the back of your head you're thinking oh i gotta pick up toothpaste or something you know, from the grocery store on the way home you know so you might get some random message coming through this is interesting because this touches in on on linguistics mm -hmm. and um there's a guy named cliff high he does a bunch of videos and he's um been studying language on the internet coming out on the internet and he has some kind of program he, he's a programmer he creates this program and he hones in on emotional language. And he says that emotional language will reveal what happens in the future by the intensity of that language. Yeah, which ties into also trauma because the book, It Doesn't Start With You by Mark Wolin, he talks about core language. And the core language is a very emotional language or statement that somebody makes that seems to come out of nowhere. You know, it's like, I don't want to live anymore. 
you know, that's a very emotional statement that could come from a child that won't make any sense. And he says, when you hone in on that, you need to find out what ancestor doesn't want to live anymore. Because you probably find that ancestor and that child inherited that feeling from them. That trauma from them that still needs to be healed. Wow. Wow. That's deep. (laughs) (laughs) That's real deep. Amazing book. Like one of my favorite books last year that I read. I talk about it all the time. Wow. Well, I know David John Oates. He's the one who um, discovered reverse speech and he's now doing video. So like reverse speech, but with the video and it's so amazing because the things that they're saying backwards, when you watch the video backwards, their lips are moving and forming the words that they're literally saying backwards. So like, if you were able to read lips, you would be able to tell what they were saying. And it really just helps solidify the fact that they are saying this because their lips are moving, you know, and you can, you can tell that that's exactly what they're saying. So it's, so it works backwards. Yeah. That's mind boggling. Yeah. (laughs) And, And his belief is that we are born literally speaking backwards first. Like we, we already know how to talk backwards first. Because he has recordings of his of his children uh, before they could even you know speak, yeah. they're just making they're sounds, babbling, right? But he's recorded them and played them backwards, and there's speech in there where they've literally have said like his name. Like I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of I think it was like his daughter. He was giving her a bath or something, and and she um, she said something to him. It just sounded like you know baby gurgling. But when he played it backwards, it was like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of like, you know, David, I'm getting cold now or something like that, you know, like it was super clear. He's even done it to a, like on it with a cat, a cat (laughs) making this, you know, like a sound like a cat, you know, but he played it backwards and the cat's saying, I need water. Okay. What's the name? What's the name of this guy? Uh, David John Oates. Wow. Yeah. Well, my cats, they say hello. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, wow. they go. It sounds like hello, but it's a, a meow that sounds yeah. like a hello. Wow. And both my cats do it. That's why we have this thing in our family where we go, hello. <laughs> You could like record, like when you leave the house, just have something recording and see if you have like record oh them God. having a conversation. I'm trying to think if I have anything from when my kids were little that I recorded that I could try that with. Yeah. That's really fascinating. And you can even do it like with yourself, just like sit down, record yourself having a conversation, just talking about whatever. Like right and now? Yeah. <laughs> you could take this whole entire conversation and play it backwards. And reverse it. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know what I hear. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'll be like, I'll be like, Garrett, you told me what eleven eleven really means. You told me the end game. <laughs> now, wouldn't that be you weird? You want to know what it is? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I know. 
but I'm going to keep it a secret. <laughs> like, you can't do that to me. It won't me. be any fun if I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Garrick, uh, let people know how they can contact you. I highly recommend not emailing him because he has over <laughs> 10,000 emails. Yes, if you email me, it will take a while before I can get back to you. Um, but if you want to reach out on uh, YouTube, my channel is the 1111 Matrix Code. Uh, I try to keep up with the comments and stuff on there. Um, but you can also find me on Instagram at I period T period C period underscore photography. Um, that's where I do all of my spirit photography stuff. And then I also have another Instagram called 1111 underscore matrix underscore code. And you can reach out on me or reach out to me on there through DMs as well. So. Don't email him though. Well, I'm <laughs> really grateful you took out the time to chat because you sound like a really busy guy and you've got a <laughs> lot of emails to answer. I've got a lot of, <laughs> there's no way you're going to answer all of those. You know that, right? Oh yeah, I know. I know. Do you it's have just... like an automatic response? Hey, I got your email. Once I read the other 10,000, I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have. I've read your, or I've received your email. You are 10,961 in line. <laughs> I will get to you in five years. <laughs> yeah. I, I will I, get to you never. No. <laughs> Well, thankfully, some of them just been, you know, people, you know, without questions, but just kind of saying, hey, I heard you. Great show. Yeah, I loved it. doesn't necessarily require a response. That's how I found you. I heard you on another podcast and I was like, I need to talk to this guy about repeating numbers. And now we've been talking about paranormal UFO reverse speech experiences. So yeah, I kind of dip my toe in in everything. So, (laughs) yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Garrett, for being on again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I enjoy coming on anytime, anytime. I appreciate it. Hi, friends. Thanks for listening. This is your host of the Weirdest Experience podcast, Tina Clark. I also wanted to share with you, I have my own energy healing business called Stargazing Angel LLC. I offer energy healing sessions, EFT tapping sessions, tarot readings, and I also offer classes on Reiki, shamanism, and tarot, and more. If you're interested in having a session with me, please call 843-695-7218, or you can email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, which is www.tinakinneyclark.com. That's T-I-N-A-K-I-N-N-E-Y-C-L-A-R-K-E. Right. Hey, so we got disconnected. We must have been onto something really good. So (laughs) (laughs) we're back on though. (laughs) (laughs) Not the first time it's happened. Um, (laughs) Where were we? Well, we were talking about Gematria. Yeah. And... uh, and the numbers. So yeah, as the numbers reach the, like the end of the alphabet, they actually start going up like into the hundreds. So, but again, 
you know, this isn't my calculations. I don't know who figured this out uh, or in order to do it this way, but that's how the cipher works. So going in, the first thing I did was I immediately went and looked to see what 333 came up with in Gematria. And I just went to a website called uh, gematrix.org, uh, typed in the number 333 and just started looking at, you know, phrases that other people had found. And it started producing these interesting phrases that I started connecting to one another. So the first was the tool, which is what Gematria is. It's a tool. Magic secret was another one. And essentially that's what Gematria is tool too. It's a, it's a, it's a, like a, it's a hidden code. It's a, it's a magic secret. Speaking in code was another phrase that came up. Hidden intelligence, a code to find God. And then this one stood out to me. It was looped time, which made me think of the infinity symbol. And then I started getting these earth ends and message of end. And I was like, okay, that's going a little in the direction I don't want to talk, you know, think about. And so then I looked up 1111 and the phrases that it produced. The quantum number, the architect of the matrix, great ability to cipher code, hidden knowledge, be aware of God. And then the phrase, who is Bob, which will come up here in just a moment. There was also the phrase, the interconnectedness of gematria, which that's what this is showing. It It's showing us how everything is connected. But also the phrase, the beginning is the end, and the end is the beginning. And this really stood out to me because that's exactly how I was expressing the first two numbers to my brother. Because I said, see how the first number starts with 37 and the second number ends in 37? It's showing that the beginning is the end. And the first number ended in 74, and the second number began with 74. So the end is the beginning, and the, or sorry, the beginning is the end, and the end is the beginning. I was like, you see how that connects? And he was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, well, I know. And it's funny because um, I had this saying, and I don't know where I got it, but I, you notice a lot of movies that the story always, ends where it begins a good story Mm -hmm. does right takes you right back to the beginning right yeah 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 so all of these all of these um oh another phrase was uh gematria is anagram equals great i am so if you rearrange the letters in gematria you can get great i am so it's just interesting that you would get this phrase telling you that you can do this and that it, in fact, does do that. Uh, One of the other phrases was represent the chosen mathematician. So, again, very interesting phrases. Then I started looking at the number 369963. The whole entire number, I could not find anything in Gematria, but I split the number in half, looked at just 369, and then I looked at 963. 
369 gives us the phrases, the math of God, the base code of life, earth end near, the end of the Bible, and change the paradigm. 963 gives us the event, end of day's prophet, only the chosen can see, almighty God's code reader, and the blazing star. Now, blazing star stood out to me because we just talked about five distinct symbols for the sun. And and then going back to the whole thing about 369-963 acting as an input-output processor, I was just sitting there one day wondering, well, what number happened? What number will I get if I add our current year? So I took 369-963, added 2021, and the result was 371984. Now, if you notice, every time you do this, anytime you put a four-digit number and add it to 369-963, every new number will start with 37 every single time, which is another repeating cycle because the numbers are going up and down by 37. Which you are born in 73, correct? Correct, which is the mirror opposite of 37. So am I. I'm born in 73. Oh, you were? Wow. Mm -hmm. What month? February. February. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Well, when I saw the new number, 371984, it stood out to me because George Orwell's 1984, but also 1984 was 11 years after I was born. So we're chasing that 11 number again. (laughs) (laughs) And just to prove my math, you know, I took 1984 and added 37 to it. And we're back to 2021. So my question became, okay, well, what, what year do I have to put in to actually get it to come back to 2021 with, you know, three, seven in front of it. And the answer was 2058. Yeah, so, I remember you talking about this on the other podcast. I have yes. a theory about what this means. <laughs> okay, you want to <laughs> say it now, or you want to? No, you go ahead, and okay. then um, we'll talk about what what it might mean. Okay, so seeing twenty fifty eight, it's you know, I, I've said this multiple times. It's hard to research a year that's never happened, um, but I did go to the internet. I typed in. 2058, just to see what would come up. And this article from The Guardian uh, came up, and the, the article was written in the year 2000. And it was about a geophysicist, geophysicist <laughs> get that word out here in a minute, named Didier Sornay. And through his predictions using the Dow Jones index, he was able to determine that something is going to happen in 2058 that, and this whole entire article was titled apocalypse 2058. And one of the things he was able to determine was that the Dow Jones index was going to, it was going to spike into what he called a singularity and that another, um, thing that he noticed too was that 
It also showed that there was going to be a huge population explosion in 2058. And that these numbers spiked so high that they completely went off the chart and they converged into one singularity. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's interesting. So with them talking about the world's population, I go to the internet and I just type in how many, I, I knew it was in the billions, I just didn't know how many. So I typed in how many billion people live on the earth. And Google comes back with this phrase, or not phrase, but this, I don't know what you'd call it here, uh, <laughs> their explanation or whatever. It says 7.8 billion people. That was their answer. And it says with the world population at 7.8 billion people as of March 2020 and typical projections of population growth, Earth will be in a state of human overpopulation by 2050 or sooner. Now, 2050 and 2058 is not that far in, in time. It's, it's only eight years difference. So there could be some fluctuation there as, as far as, you know, when his prediction is actually going to take place. So how is he make, able to make a prediction like this? What, what is he using? According to him, it was, it, it, he was able to predict it using the Dow Jones index. How? I don't know. Um, but I was just going off of what the article, you know, stated and, and what it was, the information it was giving me. Now, going back to Gematria, I just typed in the number 2058. And is it not strange <laughs> that one of the phrases that, that also has the same value of 2058 is Earth can't sustain 7 billion people? And I was like, whoa, like, what are the chances of that? I mean, Google's telling us that 7.8 billion people currently live on the planet. And this number is telling us the earth can't sustain that many people. And Plus, I've had people two say, and I don't... five is seven and eight, 2058. Yeah. But I've had people say, well, I don't believe that. I think the earth can, you know, sustain more than that. And that's possible. But as I pointed out, if, and I, I, I don't know, I hate using this word, but let's just use the word the elite. <laughs> if, if they believe it, then it doesn't matter if I believe it or you believe it. If it's what they believe and they want to maintain a certain level of the human population, then they could be using this the same method and coming up with the same conclusion um, and using these numbers to keep things in a certain line. So looking at the number 37, how everything was going up and down by 37, it made me go and look at like what's going on right now. And this again was, you know, last year in 2021. So I was like, okay, well, we're in the middle of COVID. So what happened 37 years before that? Well, that would have been 1984, and we were in the middle of the AIDS epidemic. 37 years before that, there was the panic of 1947, which was a smallpox outbreak in New York. 37 years before that was the Manchurian Plague. 37 years before that was an epidemic of uh, cholera in 1873. 
And then in 1836, there was a typhus outbreak in Philadelphia. So there's all these Ill- illnesses, diseases, you know, viruses. And yet, one of the phrases that 2058 comes up with is many deadly diseases of the apocalypse. And again, I'm like, what are the chances of these connecting in this way? Now, I did pull up just to see if there was any further connections, Diddy or Sornay, his, let's see if I can find it here. How do you spell his last name? It's S-O-R-N-E-T-T-E. And his first name is D-I-D-I-E-R. And he's, he's got like quite a few TED Talks on YouTube. He's, he's, as far as I know, he's pretty well known. Okay, so just his first name, Didier, gives the value of 111. His last name, or his whole name, Didier Sornay, gives the value of 581. And so does Tulsa, Oklahoma which is where I live. (laughs) So there was these connections being made. Mm -hmm. But also, I took the first number that was generated, 371074. I wanted to see if I could create a giant Vedic square from it. So starting from 37, I just created columns. So 37, 38, 39, 40, all the way to 74 going across. At the bottom, I did the same thing going backwards. And on both sides, I did the same thing going up and down. When you do that, and you take the top number and add it to the bottom number, so 37 and 74 equals 111. 38 and 73 equals 111. Every single number equals 111. And so does Didier, his first name. So again, there was another connection taking place. So when you were talking about the gematria of 1111, mm-hmm. what, what I have concluded, because I've been seeing that number for over 20 years, and I only know that because my husband has told me that I've been talking about it as long as I've known him. <laughs> so I would have said it was like shorter, but he said, oh, ever since I met you, you've been saying... Why do I keep seeing 1111? And I think that 1111 is a wake-up call to synchronicity and interconnectedness of everything. Correct. And if you are seeing 1111 out there, it means wake up. It means pay attention because we live in the world of magic and synchronicity. And that there's no such thing as coincidences. There's only synchronicity. Yes. And pay attention. So the universe, which, you know, to me, the creator is behind and created, is always interacting with us in terms of numbers and symbols and feelings and our natural ability to be psychic as human beings. 
Correct. And so 1111 is just pay attention. Now, I started seeing 333 also, and I actually, 333, one of the meanings is the ascended masters are working with you. Mm-hmm. So when what do I mean by ascended master? It's someone who ascended from earth, who um, was able to learn all of the wisdom, I guess, and as a human being in a human body. So it would be Jesus, it'd be Mary Magdalene, it'd be Buddha, it'd be uh, Saint Germain, you know, those uh, Kuan Yin, right? And yeah. so when I found that out, and because I, I can communicate telepathically, I said, okay, which ascended master is trying to contact me right now? Do you have a message for me? So that's what I would do when I'd see the 333. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Well, and that's one of the phrases that came up with 1111 was the interconnectedness of gematria. Right. Yep. I wrote that down. Yeah. So I think there is a collective uh, meaning, but I think there can be individual meanings to numbers too. True. I think that I, I, the way I've been sort of describing gematria and the way that this process works is let's say that you have four puzzles and each puzzle has a thousand pieces. So they're connected by the number 1000. Take all those pieces and dump them into a pile. Okay. So now you have all of these, these pieces. Only certain pieces are going to connect in order to form a bigger picture. So you may have one piece that doesn't connect, but it still is connected to a thousand. So you're going to have one picture forming over here, one picture forming here, and then a third one and a fourth one. And by the time you're done, you have four individual images. They're all puzzle pieces. They all connect and they all tie back into the number of thousand, but they're all separate images. Right. And that's how I sort of see this taking place because it seems like there's a lot being revealed and a lot being connected in such a bizarre way. So I wanted to share a dream that I had with you. I know that you will get a lot out of out of this because of the repeating number thing but i i've been keeping a dream journal since october 2013 oh wow because i'm a i dream you know <laughs> vividly colors feelings you know and i guess a lucid dreaming i never thought i was a lucid dreamer but if you define lucid dreaming as you know that you're dreaming in the dream it happens to me all the time yeah So in, let's see, it was March 19th, 2014. And I had a dream that I bought an oceanfront house in the Virginia beach area. I was happy because I want a beach house, you know, and the mortgage was really cheap. And I remember seeing the mortgage statement and it was $251 a month. So the house came furnished with, you know, out of date furniture. There was a couple with a girl who was in, who was renting out the extra room. 
And it was a pretty short dream. But what's important was the number 251. You know, why 251, I thought. That was very specific. So fast forward in my spiritual journey, and I read this book, The Woman with the Alabaster Jar by Margaret Starbird. And Margaret is a Catholic, and she decided to research Mary Magdalene and basically prove that Mary Magdalene was not a special person. There was nothing special about her. After doing her research, she realized that she was completely wrong and that Mary Magdalene was actually the wife of Jesus. In her book, she talks about Gematria. So this is the first time I ever heard about this. And she said, and Gematria 251 is the, the name Mary. Oh, wow. And um, 153 is Mary Magdalene. And now oh, wow. Mary to me, because, you know, there's so many Marys in the Bible. It is a priestess group. Sometimes it's called the uh, the priestess of the rose, for example, because a rose is a symbol of Mary. But Mary was like, um, it wasn't really a name. It was a, like an honorary name for a priestess. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I became very connected to Mary. Mary Magdalene has been one of my guides. And so whenever I'm at the beach, I see those numbers all the time. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's this group that I am part of is reminding me of who I am and that I'm part of them. That has been the right. message. You are part of us. And so something about the beach and the water is connected to that. So if you're dreaming of a number or, you know, that was pretty significant. And also, by the way, I do have a beach condo now. Oh, cool. That came true. The mortgage is not $251 a month. <laughs> F only. <laughs> be nice. But I do have one. Yeah, I do have one. Wow. So that's what I mean that there are, there are things, there are even symbols that come up. For example, I painted the floor de lis around my master bedroom in our first house we bought in 2002. Later on, I come to find that the floor de lis is a symbol of Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I said, of course, I stenciled it on my wall. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that, it's just, it's wild. It's wild when you start, Yep. you know, and, and most of this stuff would typically go over most people's heads. Like they would not even think to, you know, to see things in this way or, or to, you know, like with this whole math equation, nobody would even think to even do that. And I wouldn't have, I didn't even think to do it until the thought popped into my head. So it's like, where did the thought come from? And I feel like it was, it was spiritually guided. Yeah. You know, something was guiding me to, to do this because again, three, three, three in 2009 and then 11, 11 in 2015. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a huge stretch of time there to never even think about, you know, doing any of this until 2021. 
Now back to 2058, you know, you we right now we're in a transition time between the Piscean age and the Aquarian age. So everything that, you know, Pisces, it's like a school of fish and they follow the leader, right? right. Aquarius is about being wise and using your inner wisdom and all the secrets come out. Everything that is hidden comes out, right? Right. So we're in that transition time. Everything is like crazy, you know, in the flux. And then in, and then in 2058, something happens, right? Correct. According to this guy, maybe that's the year we completely move into the Aquarian age. It, and it's possible. Like my, just my take on all of this is because we get numerous references to a matrix. We get numerous references to the architect of the, of the matrix coming up um, that this reality of ours could simply be a simulation. And my thought was that we are in the, the midst of a reset and that reset is going to complete itself in 2058. Now, just because that article was titled Apocalypse 2058, that adds a scary tone to it. Uh, we get phrases like the end of the Bible and all this stuff. Well, just like that one phrase told us, the beginning is the end and the end is the beginning. It doesn't mean the world's just going to burn up and we're all just going to die. It just simply means at this point, this junction in time is, is when this transition takes place and whatever that transition is, you know, remains to be seen. It could be exactly what you're talking about. It's just a reset. It's the start, the end of one thing and the start of something else. Yeah. And it, you said huge population explosion off the chart into a singularity. Correct. Now the phrase open singularity also gives the value of 1111. So yeah, there's all of these connections. Now, really quickly, you had mentioned the universe, talking about 1111 and being a wake-up call and the mm -hmm. universe speaking to you. I had mentioned the phrase, who is Bob? Has the well, value before of you get into that, the huge population sure. explosion off the chart into a singularity, that reminds me of Robert Shapiro, who's a channeler. Okay. He's channeled like 30 books. Have you ever heard of him? I've heard of his name. I haven't read any of his books. He's amazing. Amazing. I've read most of his books and he says that what we are doing as souls on the planet is that we are creators in training. So not only are we sparks of the creator, we're, we're supposed to take over the creator's job. So we're oh, wow. training right now for it. So when we get to a certain point of mastery, we will, I'm not sure, merge or again and become the creator of this universe. And then the, uni the cr original creator will go off and, I don't know, create another universe. I don't know what he's doing. You know, but that's what it made that's what I thought of when I heard that statement. Well, it makes me think of, of being connected to the source, the main source, and we're all individual 
pieces of this one being or this, you know, one source of, of power or whatever. And it Mm -hmm. it could be our returning back to the source. Mm -hmm. That could be too. Yeah. Or maybe we go off planet. And that that's one of the things that was mentioned (laughs) in that article. (laughs) Um, Because there was maybe we become so the whole point of Robert Shapiro is that we're going to become explorers too. At a certain point of time, we're we're going to explore outside of Earth. But the thing is, is that we're going to be teachers to other star beings because we are experts in living with negativity and discomfort. And most star systems are not. And that's why we learn so fast and we evolve so fast. So we're going to go out and explore and teach. Yep. Yep. Uh, Because actually one of the other phrases that came up uh, through Gematria and from the number 2058 is a breakaway society. Yeah. So maybe that's when it happens. Yeah. So it could be a split, you know, like a portion of our society breaks off, goes off planet. You know, who knows? Right. Who knows? So yeah, I just it's... wanted to put my two cents in that it didn't mean the end of the world. Because remember 2012, they oh, said, yeah. oh, is this the end of the world? No, we're shifting into the Aquarian age. Exactly. And a lot of people who are here, beings, humans that are here for that, they're, the band-aid got ripped off their third eye that year. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And it was like, oh, we come to this point time to get to work right that's what we're here for well i think that's what people um automatically think when they start hearing this information that i'm i'm you know putting out there that you know i i use phrases like apocalypse or whatever i'm not coming up with these words these are the words that are in gematria Mm -hmm. um you know like the deadly the many deadly diseases of the apocalypse or whatever um, and that article, Apocalypse 2058, I didn't write the article. That's mm-hmm. what name they chose. Uh, it gives a very sinister tone to everything, but I don't see it as being that. Yeah. And just, you know, nine is the number of endings. But whenever you have a nine, there's always, whenever you have an ending, there's a beginning. Yeah. And when I read the tarot and you get the devil card or the tower card, you always say something's coming apart, something's ending, but then there's room for a beginning, a new beginning. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, the, the death card, everybody see, gets the death card and they're like, Oh God, it means I'm going to die. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just the end of something and the beginning of something else. Right. Even our own deaths, you know, when we do die, it's not the end. We're moving on right. to something else. Yeah. You know. So tell us about Bob. Bob. Well, this was so bizarre. And I had no idea what it meant. Um, so back in June, when all of this started, I received an email from someone named Bob. No last name, just Bob. The subject line and the body of the email said the exact same thing. A note from the universe and that's all it said and is that you god (laughs) 
like really is your name really bob like come on <laughs> but <laughs> so I, I got that email and you know just being the skeptical person that i was i didn't respond to it um straight away because i was it came to my work email and the reason that I think it came to my work email is that it wanted to ensure that I would actually see the email. Um, had it come to my personal email, I may have just scanned right past it, saw Bob, be like, I don't know who Bob is. That's junk, you know, and thrown it away. But it came to my work. And I thought that was so bizarre. And nobody else in the company received this email. It was just me. So again, because all this has taught me to start looking at numbers in such a bizarre way um, or not a bizarre way, but just looking at numbers and, and calculating them. I take the, the date and the time, everything from, the, from when he sent the email or whoever sent the email, added them together and it equaled 27 and two and seven is nine. Now, after much much pushing from my coworker. I was literally sharing my computer screen with her this day, uh, showing her some more stuff that I had found. And she's like, I really think that you need to respond to that email. And I was like, yeah, but I'm afraid because like, what if it's, you know, like, what if it's some kind of phishing email? Like, what if it absolutely has nothing to do with any of this? I respond and somehow it opens my computer up to a virus. You know, like, I don't want to take that chance, you know, and she's like, no, I think you should. I think you should. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so after much, much hesitation, I simply wrote a reply. And the reply was, what is the message? Mm -hmm. And hit send. To this day, no reply. No reply whatsoever. But <laughs> this is so weird. Again, and she was on the phone with me. It's not like this was planned. We didn't stage any of this. We but don't plan the, any of this, y'all. It just happens. Like it just it happens. just happens. <laughs> it just happens. We're not that smart. We don't have that enough energy. We don't have time to even make up this stuff. It takes too much energy. Yeah. Just and, happens. and what would be the point? I mean, like for attention? I mean, yeah. no. No. I don't want that much attention. <laughs> but what are the chances that his email was sent on June 25th and I should happen to reply on October 25th, the exact same day, just months apart? And what are the chances that all of the numbers and the date and time that he sent his email would equal 27 and all of the numbers in the date in which I replied also equal 27. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we're looking at the number nines. Now, still trying to figure out, you know, who Bob is. I just did a search one day to see if, if Bob had any sort of, if there was any sort of like computer related terms, you know, for Bob, since it, you know, it, it did come in an email, we're communicating through, you know, the computer, I just thought, you know, is there some kind of 
hidden something or other, you know, some kind of phrase that has to do with computers and, and Bob. I couldn't think of anything. But after doing some research, I came across a article in which they're talking about Alice and Bob. And that in cryptography, these names are used as placeholders in discussions about cryptograph cryptographic systems and protocols and in other science and engineering literature. I'm just reading from this article here uh, where, where there are several participants in a thought experiment and that Alice and Bob are characters that were invented uh, by these three people back in 1978 in a paper called a method for obtaining digital signatures and public key crypto systems. And it says, subsequently, they have become common archetypes in many scientific and engineering fields, such as quantum cryptography. Quantum stood out to me because 1111 has that phrase, the quantum number. And then it goes on to say that these characters do not have to refer to people. They refer to generic agents, which might be different computers or even different programs running on a single computer. And so I was immediately thinking, okay, what if Bob is not a person at all, but it's merely a rogue program running within this system of the matrix, trying to get this information out, trying, like helping me in the right direction. Or maybe Bob is the creator. Could be. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Did you look up Bob and the Gematria? uh... I did. I did. Um, And his name, I think, gave the value of 54, which is also nine. (laughs) So, yeah. So we get an email with the dates and time equaling nine. I reply with the dates and time equaling nine. And Bob equals nine. And by the way... I'm recording this on January 13th, 2022, which adds up to 11. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) My zip code also adds up to 11. So while you were talking, I was crunching some numbers. And that's what this does. This this really causes people to start looking at numbers and, and crunching the numbers and seeing what, you know, they can come up with. And, and I'm, you know, I've I, been doing that for a while for numerology wise. Mm-hmm. Like um, I moved here in my current location. I went from North Charleston to Somerville and I'll, I add up the number of my house and it means safety and security. What, what's my street name? Flat Rock Lane. You know, you can't get more stable foundation than a flat rock, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) So I said, well, universe says this is a safe and stable place for me to be. Well, get this. So when this first started, the address we lived at, the numbers equaled 11. The second address, the numbers equaled 11. Then we moved to the current place that we live, which I won't be giving that address out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the numbers in this address do not equal 11. However, when we came to first look at this house for the very first time, we drove by, looked, went to the end of the street. I pulled into a parking lot, backed out, 
as I was backing out, looking in my side mirrors to make sure I wasn't going to hit anything, the house number on the curb of the house directly behind me as I was backing out is 1111. And it was almost like a a sign, sort of a, a call. Like I knew this house that we live in right now would be the house that we were going to be moving into. And 1973, one and nine is 10 and seven, three is 10. That's 11. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband's birthday is when you add up the numbers is 1111. Wow. And I thought, who am I married to? well you know when all this started happening i kept saying to my brother like why is this information coming to me i don't i don't like i'm no one special you know why like what am i supposed to do with this information i can't run to the local news and say hey like check this out because they're going to lock me up and put me in a loony bin you know um, you want to know why? Because you have a special connection to 11. I, and well, it is probably part of your mission to teach others like you're doing during this episode about the meaning of repeating numbers, especially 1111. And maybe in another lifetime, you were just a super amazing quantum number expert. And you're just bringing <laughs> that all in to this lifetime again and it comes easily to you yeah well it, it's weird because it, you know like i said as a kid earlier i hated math <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's like you know i mean but this if is i knew what i knew back about then symbols you know than math i mean we're doing like simple math but you know the well that's the crazy part it is simple it's simple math mm-hmm. it's not you know, it's not like some algebra or, you know, something trigonometry or anything. It's simple math. And yet all these connections start unfolding. Mm -hmm. You know, you would think that it would be this like huge calculation thing that you would have to, to do. And it's not. And, and the thing is, I'm not presenting anything to anyone who couldn't have found this information themselves, had they been given the guidance to do so. And I think that, you know, that's what I was given. And you listened. But, and I listened. They were all getting I had to. All the they time. wouldn't shut up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably set it up for yourself that way, you know. Um, but like you listened. And so you followed your hunches. And if this proves anything that our universe is synchronistic and magical, it is. Because once you get down this path, you'll start noticing everything. I mean, oh, I know yeah. it's numbers, but it's not, I look at what, what do I hear? You know, what do I see? What are the birds doing? What bird do I see? What does the bird mean? I mean, it's, a, it's just looking at your environment and understanding that the universe is speaking to you always. Right. And that you just need time. to pay attention. And if you want guidance in life, pay attention to the messages that you are given. And you'll well, be able to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and you know, as I was saying, you know, when I was kept saying to my brother, like, why, why me? Why me? Well, 
Imagine my surprise when I discovered that these two phrases, which include my name. So the first one was in God, Garrick King is the chosen mathematician and it has the exact value of 11.11. The other one was Garrick King decodes the God matrix. And that also has the value of 11.11. Now keep in mind, I did not start seeing 11.11 until I legally changed my last name to King to have the same last name as my husband. Had it been Stags? Yeah. If, if, if I had kept my name, that never would come up that way. In fact, just change King to Stags on this last one. If I typed in Garrick Stags decodes the God matrix, it gives me the number 1340. So when I looked, I looked up my name, Tina K. Clark, on the Gematria website. And I have... There's a lot of different meanings, but I highlighted the ones that meant something. Being blessed. Miriam of Magdala. Oh, wow. (laughs) So Miriam is a nickname for Mary. Yeah. And then Magdala is short for Magdalene. Yeah. Hidden codes gene, aligned chakras, incarnate. Pyramids. Weren't we just talking about pyramids? <laughs> the god of all, the goddess Eve, the world, find God's code. Green light, all is well, sunrise, light bearer, savior, Arcturian, amazing grace, messenger, God is great, in the garden, gratitude, symbols. So then I was like, right, Tina Kinney Clark, you know, my full name, Egyptian gods, the holy dragon, the queen of hearts, Sumerian tablets, I'm very interested in the Sumerian tablets, the saint of the most high God, truth seeker, the holiness spirit, choices of the righteous. God is a dragon, Zodiac, 972. Hmm. The universe, God, follow the light. Pyramids work. (laughs) (laughs) We were just talking about that. There are healing properties. And lots of dragon stuff, which I'm very connected to. Luminescent being. Neo-identification. You say Neo? Neo, like Neo of the Matrix. Yeah. Well, you want to know something interesting, a a connection between um, me and and, uh, Keanu Reeves is, let's see, God, that was so weird. Let's see if I can find it here really quickly. Um, So my name, I think it's just Garrick. Maybe it's Garrick King. Let's look. And it's one 52 p.m. right now. 152. Yeah. There's my beach number. There's your beach number. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> backwards, but there it is. Yeah. Well, well, it doesn't matter the order. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, so I- and another connection thing that you can do too is is look at the number. So two five one, and then if you start seeing one five two, add those together. So two five one plus one five two would give you four oh three and see if you start finding connections that way too. Oh, okay. I never thought of that. Um, yeah. Cause I've been finding a lot of connections between this whole uh, matrix code and the Bible. There's a lot yeah. of tie-ins there. And I just recorded a video earlier this morning where I have tied this entire matrix code into the events of nine 11. Undeniably so. Because the whole event of 9-11 is just steeped with connections to 11-11, the whole entire thing. You know what parallel I live in? The 33rd. 33rd. Well, 33 was the number that came up (laughs) (laughs) in that equation for the 9-11 events on the video that I did earlier this morning. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Are you going to have a video out on that? Yes, I just recorded it, so I'll probably upload okay. it later today or so, tomorrow. Pro- we don't have time to talk about that one, but definitely check out his YouTube channel. So I interrupted you. What were you saying? Oh, just very quickly. So I think my name in Gematria equals 256, but so does the phrase The Rock, uh, which only makes sense to me because at my not my current job, but the job before, all of my coworkers referred to me as G-Rock, hmm. just as a nickname. Mm-hmm. But also Keanu has the same value of 256. Now, the connection there is Keanu Reeves and myself were both born on September 2nd. And then also UFO, A-Ghost, and in Tesla. I've had multiple UFO experiences. I've had, obviously, with my spirit photographer, or you know, photography side, uh, many ghost experiences. I've had many paranormal experiences since. The well, age you of know, when you saw that bright light, yeah, that's what I was thinking was UFO because I I just finished reading the book um, by Terry Lovelace. Have you heard of him? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and he talked about his seeing those bright lights or bright orbs in his room before he was abducted. Well, yeah, I did have an experience a long time ago um, where I woke up in the middle of the night and there was this blue orb, just like, just like I opened my eyes and it's just like right where I'm looking when I immediately opened my eyes and it's where the wall and the ceiling met. So it was in that, you know, crease and this blue orb is just sitting there and it's, it has this sort of swirling mass to it. As I'm sitting there, like staring at it, it just slowly shrunk down until it completely disappeared. And the odd thing is, I just went, that was weird, and then rolled over and went back to sleep. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't even think anything about You're it. You're not even worried about it. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's just one more to mark off, you know, my list of weird experiences. <laughs> but, uh, one other experience in this particular house, um, very similar thing happened. Um, I fell asleep in the chair and woke up. And when I woke up, opened my eyes, I was so groggy. Like I, I just, I couldn't make myself wake up completely. 
So my eyes are just kind of barely open, but I'm looking and there was, it looked like 12 different green, small light. It looked like Christmas lights just right on the ceiling. And the weird thing is, is like I'm looking at it, but I couldn't get myself to wake up. I couldn't get myself to, to grab my phone, take a picture or do anything like that. And then I just closed my eyes and fell back asleep. But I have no idea what it was or, you know, I yeah. didn't even really, wasn't even really able to count how many were there. I mean, could have been 10, could have been 11, could have been 12, you know, I don't know, but it was, it was quite a few, but they were just these little tiny Look like a tiny little string of Christmas lights. Hmm. Green. Well, I want to say that a lot of people ask me what repeating numbers mean. And I always tell them to look it up because again, I think it can be personal, mm-hmm. but I wanted to thank you for all the research that you've done on this because I've certainly learned a lot. And I think it, the whole thing is so fascinating. And I know a lot of people are going to find this episode fascinating because a lot of people I know are seeing repeating numbers (laughs) yeah well I think it's I think this is bringing all of us together and that's why I wanted to make my videos because I did feel like that there was an awakening taking place and that there needed to be some some sort of way or method for us all to connect I think I think we're supposed to connect because one of the other phrases that came up was only the chosen can see And I do feel like that there's a a certain group of us that are seeing these patterns and other people are are not seeing them, you know, and those are the people that just are happy about going about their everyday life, you know, oblivious to what's going on, you know, around them. They're just happy in their little bubble. This is the good stuff though. Yeah. This is what makes life interesting on this planet. This is the magic because everything is magic. Just the fact that we're here in a body, having a human experience is magic. Yep. And the more you dive into this, the more magical life becomes for you. Right. (laughs) And and the more, the more you start seeing the connections, the more you start seeing other connections. Yep. Yep. You'll get practiced at it and, and it'll just become part of your life. And you'll be like, yep. Yes. 11, 11. Every day, all day long. Yep. Normal. <laughs> normal. Normal. This is normal. Well, thank you so much, Garrick, for being on the show. Yeah. Um, you can it. find his YouTube channel, 1111 Matrix Code. You're also on Instagram. Um, I am. I have two different Instagram accounts. One is the, it's 1111 underscore Matrix underscore Code. And the other one is for my ITC photography. And that one is I period T period C period underscore photography. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Garrett. Thank you so much. I enjoyed every single minute of it. (laughs) You need to come back. (laughs) Oh, I will definitely. Anytime, anytime. More than happy to. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook. 
and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.